0: This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings and I'm your host. In honor of Women's History Month, this episode is going to talk about women in church leadership. And I have the pleasure of speaking with a panel of three trailblazers in the deconstruction community. We have Sue A. Webley, an award-winning ordained minister and entrepreneur from Chicago. Chandrika D. Fee, an ordained reverend and author of the book, Lord, I Don't Want to Die a Christian, and Heather, a former pastor and worship leader who hosts the Just a Girl Pastor podcast. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as we did. Okay. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with three powerhouse women. I am so excited to have this conversation. Um, let us start with Sue. Would you mind introducing yourself and tell us who you are, what positions you've held in ministry, all the fun things.
1: (laughs) Sure. My name is, uh, Uh, Susan A. Webley. I prefer to be called Sue. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I am currently an associate pastor at Rivers of Living Water Ministries, UCC, uh, United Church of Christ, uh, that denomination. Um, And we have locations in in New York and in New Jersey. I am also uh, the national minister of youth and young adult ministries for TFAM, otherwise known as the Fellowship. Of affirming ministries, and that's led by Bishop Everett Flander For those of you watching that may know her, um, I am—I'm a—I'm a, a, a mishmash <laughs> <laughs> of uh, of uh, theological understandings, I, I, I suppose. I kind of started out when I was uh, when I was much younger. As a uh, as a, a West Indian Pentecostal Epistolic, all of that mixed Ooh, up in one. So my basically, Lord, my Lord, this red lip that I have on right now, I'm going straight to hell. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> which is why, which is why I wear red all the time because because this, I'm rebelling. Amen. Uh, <laughs> um, but my mom left. Uh, they called the Jezebel one too many times, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, because she also wore makeup and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left that church, uh you know she was tired of them telling her that she couldn't wear dresses, that she couldn't wear pants. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. that we had to you know uh ask permission to wear shorts and stuff like that for gym to, to you know mm-hmm. it was crazy we couldn't chew gum, couldn't go to the movies, all of that stuff. we left there, and my mom and my stepdad, who was a Mormon, and so I was raised mormon mm. um and so back then there weren't many black Mormons, so <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wow. wow so often when I tell people that I'm like what <laughs> There weren't many black Mormons And it took me many years after I, after I left home After I left the church and I, I was finally Kind of doing some studying I was like Ma do you know that the That the Mormons, like we were we were like we were cursed and that's why we don't hold any positions and we didn't hold any positions in their churches that they only just started letting us in. Wow, (laughs) Um, you know I I think like in in probably in the seventies or something like that, but we were not able to to have any type of office in the uh, in 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 the church, Uh, but now. I am uh, Rivers, and, and I have been for the last, uh, the last 10, 15 years, a member of uh, open and affirming and uh, you know, inclusive and welcoming uh, congregations. And, and so my theological understanding has, has evolved in so many ways. And I, th- I thank God for, you know, I thank the divine for, um, for uh, liberation theology. I thank the divine <laughs> for seminary. Amen. So, because it's important that we lead from an informed and not ignorant place. So, Ooh. so, so that's it. And I'm sure anything else you might want to know, it'll come out in our conversation.
0: There's a whole word right there. Thank you, Sue. Okay. Heather, I'm going to pitch it to you. Tell us about yourself.
2: Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Also, this is very exciting. I'm excited to be with the rest of you amazing women that I'm excited to learn from. Um, my name is heather and i have been out of the church for almost a year um, but i had basically grown up in the church spent my whole entire life there um most most of the churches i was a part of were either very fundamentalist baptist or from a southern baptist mm-hmm. kind of bend you know i'm also from new jersey um so i feel like a lot of the pastors that would start these churches i was a part of were from the south so we'd come up to like the new jersey new york area and kind of start churches and you know closer to the new york area because that was the you know place that needed the most i guess <laughs> i don't know like uh god because it was you know um i feel like a lot i've heard a lot of pastors say that they felt like they wanted to be close to new york because that was like the the champion area to start a church but Anyway, um, so I've had a lot of experiences with actual Southern um, pastors in those church settings, male pastors, um, and I've done everything from leading Awana groups, you know, as a teenager to being worship leaders, uh, being worship leader throughout my middle school, high school, and then uh, my last position that I just had left. I was um, the worship director for six years, and I was also on the board of the MNYBA, which is the Metro New York Baptist Association in New York, um, for a year before I had left. And I was also the only women, woman elder of the last church that I, that I was a part of, which is a huge part of my story about why I left. It was a complete nightmare. Um, it almost killed me trying to just become in a, in a place of leadership, Um, So I didn't last long. Uh, My preaching career was not long, sadly. Um, And I didn't have a lot of opportunity to kind of live that out before I felt like Mm. it was time for me to leave. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I currently run a podcast and I currently uh, run the Just Girl Pastor page, which has been great and currently on a deconstruction journey. So Hey, (laughs) snaps, because we all are. (laughs) 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 He's deconstructing. Yeah.
0: Hey, it's healthy. Thank you for sharing that. It's necessary. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, Shandrika, tell us about yourself.
3: Um, Born in Oklahoma City to to ministers. Um, My parents are currently pastoring. I'm the oldest of four girls. Um, My parents um, are the children of pastors. Um, and so, uh, runs in our family deep, um, I have uncles and aunts and uncles who've retired and quit and died in ministry. Um, my grandfather, uh, had a heart attack in the pulpit while preaching Mm -hmm. and my grandmother, um, passed away while vacationing from preaching. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's real rich, um, the Pentecostal, if you will, I was Kojic, um, Church of God in Christ. I was the twin or the the arch ne- nemesis of the Apostolic Faith.
0: <laughs> well, I, I was raised Church of God, which right, is the right, white version. Right, right. <laughs> so,
3: so I was raised Church of God in Christ and um, uh, graduated from Biblical uh, from Beacon University with my degree in Biblical Studies, um, licensed. Had an opportunity to go and live in China for two years, was ordained my second year, came back and did not want it anymore. Um, that's mm-hmm. after I led wow. seven Chinese freshman college students to um, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I uh, mm-hmm. wrote a book wow. called Lord, I Don't Want to Die a Christian. And that is why I am here today. because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to read that book. <laughs> Me too. Oh my Nobody gosh. Before that good this is, here it is right here. This is it. Yeah. Yes. yes. We'll we'll yeah. we'll do a little I, I need pitch to add at that the to end.
0: We'll we'll let you do a little pitch yeah, for the okay. book at the end. Um, okay, so I want to dive into this conversation because you know we're talking about women in church leadership. And I chose this panel very specifically because We have all held positions in church in some shape, form, or fashion. And so that means whenever you've worked in a church, you truly know what it looks like behind the scenes, not just what the outward appearance is, but what's going on behind closed doors and in the polity. And that's where... I think some changes need to be made. And so if you're a pastor or a church leader or congregation member, and you are listening to this episode right now, I really want you to hear us out because, you know, it is 2022. We have a female vice president in the white house, yet some women cannot even put in a vote in the general council of their denomination They can't hold a high-level position of leadership in their denomination, and I'm tired of it. So, Uh ladies, please tell me, why do you think that women in pastoral or church leadership is such a touchy subject, even in 2022? Uh, Shandrika, I'll start with you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was listening, I'm
2: learning. (laughs) She said she wanted to learn. (laughs) You know, my simplest
3: answer is is that, um, unfortunately, the pulpit is seen as as a place of power. Um, And so, uh, you know, simply put, our men don't want to give that up. They don't want to share that space. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, that's, yes. that's, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a philosophical answer. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, how it became such a significant place, you know, the, the stage, the pulpit, but it did. And it's where mm-hmm. a lot of our men find significance and um, and have wrapped themselves, um, uh, clothed themselves in it to, to be identified by it and they don't want to give that power up their perspective of it is power and so they don't want to they don't want to give that perspective up that place up they don't want to share it yeah right, that's that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. My, that's the simplest answer i
1: don't have anything else anything. that's a good one <laughs> Can I anyone, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so so i love what Shandrika said because that that uh, plainly mm-hmm. speaking that's what it is i mean um, patriarchy and misogyny still exists, right? <laughs> Th- those two things haven't gone away, right? right? And so mm-hmm. this idea that the male, that man is the head, right, and that women are subservient, are under, or, or the weaker sex is still is still prevalent. It's still it's still mm-hmm. you know, and for, for those who take the biblical text literally. You know, at, at first <laughs> Timothy, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 is, that is the one that they use for, I, you know, Paul said, you know, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, don't permit, permit a woman to teach or, or, to, or to exercise authority. And that's, and, and go, that's, that's pointing to what right. Chandrika said. This whole idea of exercising authority over a man, God mm-hmm. forbid God forbid, <laughs> right? But if you're looking, you know, if you're going to use that, that particular passage of, of scripture, then you got to look at it in context, preach. which most people don't, right? Paul was speaking yeah. to, the, to the rich women that were just, were, were shaming these, these poor, the poor members of the church, right? And these are the one, and they were also sharing false teachings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are who that Paul, these are the women that Paul forbids to speak, to preach, and to speak, and he then compares him to Eve. So, so if we're looking at it in context, that's not saying that women can't preach, right? <laughs> right. right? That's not what it says. And I need people to do less regurgitation and okay. more investigation because, mm. you know, because when <laughs> I just fell out, Yeah. yeah. less oh regurgitation, more investigation, it will save your life and you won't, you know, mm. you won't stand there looking stupid. When, you know, when, when you have people who have done the work, like, right. like we've done the work, right? This whole mm-hmm. deconstruction thing uh, is, is deep, it's is painful, it hurts, but we're do- mm-hmm. we, we've done it mm-hmm. and we're still mm-hmm. doing it, right? And so we can speak from that place of being free mm-hmm. and yeah. say, you know, no, this is, not, this is not what it says, right? And, and, and you know, if you're going to say study to show yourself approved, well, really study. Don't just gloss over it. Don't take, you know, you got to dig it out. You got to unpack it. Right? I said earlier before we said we gotta un- be suspicious. Right. Be suspicious yes. of the text, yes. right? And right. and 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 then also it wasn't even written to us, but that's another that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Lord. Lord. laughs> <laughs> Whoever it was written oh to name is on was... the book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whoever it was
2: written
3: to mm-hmm. is the, the, the name is on the book. It's a it was a letter, you know what I mean? And so that is so true. So, wow, you said, mm-hmm. good. Context, yeah, context.
0: Yeah. Context, yes. That's that's the that's the name right, of it right so there. True. Heather, do you have anything you would like to add?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously you guys um have summarized it fantastically, but yeah, of course it's still a problem because you know patriarchy still exists. And, you know, again, like coming at Coming at it from, from my perspective and my experience, I didn't even try in my in my place of leadership, right? I didn't even try to get to a place where I was in power over a man. I was trying to get to the place of, can we work together and share mm. the power? So I didn't even get to that level. Like that, that wasn't even a, a thought in my mind, right? I was still wrestling through, can we try to share this? Because in my mind, when i look at the creation story that's how ma- that men and women were created they were created equal to to rule side by side the creation that god had created in front of them right and so then in my mind i'm like this is clear i don't understand how we're not seeing this <laughs> the same way like we're reading the same thing um and so i was still 20 20 feet back there trying to have that conversation right and i wasn't i was getting nowhere and so you know part of it is i really started to see that um, the men that were in power didn't it wasn't that they didn't want to study the text is that they didn't want to believe anything else from any other person that didn't look like them mm. didn't write like them and didn't teach at the institutions that they were comfortable with learning from. So it wasn't that the resources w- weren't there for them. it's that yeah. they refused in their stubbornness and their pride. Yeah to learn from somebody else that wasn't like them. And there's no, there's no getting through to somebody like that. You know, there's no working together because their heart Mm -hmm. isn't for us healing and working together and moving forward and changing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's just,
1: yeah. Is is it okay if I say something from, from the the black Mm -hmm. church context, please? Okay. So, you know, we're talking a lot about men in power, And one of the things that come up for me uh, that comes up for me is that uh, for a very long time, you know, black men didn't have power. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) But now we got some power in the church. Right. Mm -hmm. Now we got Mm -hmm. some authority. And you talk about Heather, you talk about the sharing this this power. Right. Uh, You know, yeah, yeah, that now that I have something that I -hmm. can control, I'm not going to give that up. I, yeah. I, I haven't been able to control anything about my life, right? Mm-hmm. Anything about what happens to me, but now I'm here and I'm in a place where I get mm-hmm. to call the shots, where I'm yeah. the one that gets to make the mm-hmm. rules. Right. And yeah. I don't want to give that up. I don't want to yep. give that up. And so, I mean, and you know, I mean, we're talking about the, the that the men, but even for the women in the black church, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that too. We see a lot of that as well. You know, I'm, I'm an, I'm not, I'm, Maybe at home, I'm not, I'm not honored. Yeah. I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not seen, I'm not seen at home, but I, I'm seen as an usher and I'm seen a this granular, <laughs> you know, as the, as the yeah. instructor I'm seen. Right. And so, yeah. and so it has become this power struggle in a place that, that power struggle should not exist. Power. Right. This thing about power should not exist in the, in, 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 in the mm-hmm. houses of worship. I just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's service, right? Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be about. And so I'm right. sorry, I'm just, I feel like I'm going to a tangent, no, but it's just, no, it's so, so good. that word should not even exist. It shouldn't, you know, it, I'm, I'm so saddened that it comes that we talk about this thing, this power thing in, in houses of worship where it's, you know. I I don't remember, you know, that that uh brown Palestinian Jew Jesus ever no. <laughs> ever ever exerting you know and talking about no. power. I mean he exercised self-power, but he didn't he didn't it didn't he didn't have this power trip all the time, right? He right. um it, it was always, how can I serve you? How can I, you know, how can I make mm-hmm. it how can I make things better, right? How can mm-hmm. how can I help the community? That's what it was about. And so yeah. It just saddens me that, that, that we're using this word power because it does exist in, our, in, in these places Ooh. of worship. It just saddens yeah. me a bit, yeah.
0: I think the thing, even with power, those people that are sipping the Powerade, they <laughs> also have... <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> sorry, welcome to my world. <laughs> no, that's good. So, so these Powerade. men, they, they have this, you know, I call it the good old boys club where they, they have their power and then their friends, who are also guys, that have their own power and they bring their power together and nobody else mm-hmm. can get in. And, and that's yeah. something I see in the church a lot. And I, I hate it because as a woman who has worked in church her entire career, I found it really hard to, like, there's no way for me to get into the, the good old boys club. There's no way I'm not a yeah. boy. So it's, that's, right. and, and, and towards the end of my career in church, that's when I realized I don't want to be at F the, F the boys club. Right. Like that's kind of exactly. where, where I mm-hmm. got to with that. Um, so I guess where I want to go with this is, I mean, I would put money on it that we've all experienced discrimination in the church in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, I know that I have, even I talked about it in the last episode about wage gap. You know, I did Mm -hmm. comps as a music director with the skill set that I have. I should have been making 25, 35, $40,000 more than what I was making. Mm -hmm. But because I was a woman and I didn't have a family, you know, they they think they can pay me less and that's literally what was told to me. Um, have any of you dealt with any discrimination like that? Would you mind sharing your stories on that
3: note? I, um, in China, uh, I was there, you know, with other believers from Western influences. We all, we all, most of us came from, from the West. And so, um, We and you know, it's assumed, particularly by other countries, that if you come from the West, if you come from the States, you're Christian. Um, and so uh, I lived in a building full of Christians. Um, most of us, 99, 98 percent of us, were Christians, and a lot of us were right here from the States. Um, we had this, uh, this opportunity called Power Hour, it was created by, um, the missionaries that uh, that were over there from the states, the my partners, you know, um, that I was teaching with. Power Hour was every Sunday, um, and it was for our Chinese students to learn more about uh, the gospel. And so we we would go over, and uh, you know, the women would be handling maybe the programs, or there would be singing perhaps by by uh, some of us, or um, You know, maybe announcements. But when it came to the declaration, (laughs) it would be all men. Now, mind you, Mm -hmm. we're all teaching English and we've all been sent there mostly by the same organization for the same reason. Um, And so that being to to go and love students to go and love kids. And we were all told, you know, we're not telling you to go over there and, and proselyte or convert. But if that happens to happen, that that's fine too. Before, after the service, after, well, I, was, I don't want to call it service, but after the, of the, the time of fellowship, that the, the person who gave the declaration or the word, would say on the way to campus, if you have any questions, talk to your teacher. Well, that that would be me and her and she and, you know, and some hymns and, and, you know, but a lot of us were women. We were qualified Mm -hmm. to have a conversation with them privately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But not qualified to have a conversation with them in the pulpit. Yeah, wow. and so I ended up challenging that at some point, but I'll, that's another story. But I did. Uh, that was my experience that that we were all on a missions trip in China, and and mm-hmm. the men I ended up having to go when I challenged them, there was no women on the board of Power Hour. It was all men, and I had to sit by myself in the middle of a room in front of three, four men and, and state my case.
2: Oh. <laughs> if I can say something to that too, um, if you don't mind, Go for I, it. I had a similar experience because I totally know that feeling of being completely alone and surrounded mm-hmm. by um, men that you have to defend yourself to. Um, so when I, you know, I felt called, wanted to become an elder, Um, I was seeing that, you know, there's a lot of women in our church who, in our congregation who, you know, had gone through traumatic experiences, sexual abuse, things like that, or divorce. And, you know, they're not going to want to go to a guy like Mm -hmm. that they barely know and talk about this vulnerable stuff to them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my, my heart really in doing that and wanting to become in a place of leadership um, was because I wanted to have more representation for these women to feel comfortable, you know, like having some support, um, because it just, it was so frustrating to just see just you look and just, it's a sea of just white males. That's it. You know? Um, and we had, you know, maybe one or two women of color there as well, who also didn't feel comfortable going to these men. Um, and so I just was like, so frustrated so to to be try to become an elder in this situation in the southern baptist situation i had a series of meetings with all ma- male elders where i had to state my case mm-hmm. kind of like you're saying shandrika like i had to study and l- as if i was like putting in uh you know <laughs> like studying for the wow. bar exam for crying out loud <laughs> um all this all these doctrines and all these things and just to prove my worth from the Bible, that I'm supposed to be able to do this. And yet, if I was a man, a man coming up to them saying, hey, I feel called to do this, here's why, they would be running at me with resource after resource. Here's this program, here's this book, here's this guy that's willing to mentor you. And I, as a female, have to go through wall after wall after wall and mountain after mountain to get into the same place that a guy would. And so, th- so there's that. And then with the pay gap, Thing that you were talking about, Aaron, same thing. Like I was on staff for six years. And in the six years that I was there, I did not get one raise. I took on so much more work in the in that six years, hoping, you know, hoping, oh, they'll see that I'm doing more and they'll see that I'm like really committed. I had a young daughter at that time and I had a lot of health problems, but I'm still like working through it and I'm pushing through it and I'm putting my nose to the ground. Nothing. And Yet I see them bringing on all these other male, male pastors, male guys, male church planters, um, ready to start all these churches. And I'm sitting here like, and you're telling me you don't have money mm-hmm. in the budget mm-hmm. for me. Oh. So it's just, you know, it compounds. I I'm sh- I know you guys know it just, About, you know, uh, like everything you just
0: it. said was my experience in a lot of ways. Wow. So. Okay. <laughs> you
2: know? So very sorry. It's, wow. yeah, very sorry. It's,
0: but the thing is, is yeah. that we are not the only ones. That's the whole right. reason I'm doing this right. is because yeah. I know that there are a ton of other women in ministry right now that are probably going to be listening yeah. to this and saying, she's talking exactly what I'm going through right yeah. now. And, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. the whole reason mm-hmm. why these
1: conversations are mm-hmm. so
0: important. Sue, do you have any experiences you'd like to share?
1: Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a personal experience. Um, I think it was more for me about the lack of representation. I didn't see anyone that Mm -hmm. looked like me, whether they were black Mm -hmm. or woman Mm -hmm. in the pulpit. Right. Mm -hmm. So my, my formative upbringing was as a Mormon uh, again. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, look up there and see anyone. I did never dream that I could even, uh, be, um, be a preacher, be, be a pastor, be doing what I'm doing. I just never, it was just, you know, something, it never came to my mind. Uh, you know, I was raised to be a wife and be a wife of many children. (laughs) To a wife with many children, and to, yeah. <laughs> um, and to uh, um, and to you know, and the highest level of service I could attain in the Mormon Church would, would be to you know be the one that w- did the home visits yeah. when when mm-hmm. folk no. were sick mm. or, teach, or teach the sunbeams. Right? We could teach <laughs> we could teach the children. Yeah. Right. But um, and perhaps give a report back to the congregation. But as far as proclaiming the, the, the word. As far as doing the thing that we knew that the divine has called us to do. It was just it was just not it was not something that I ever thought I could ever do because I didn't see that right. representation. And when, it, when I finally did become uh, when I started my ministerial journey. Uh, my mentor is she. She is a, um, a female bishop, and it was just I was just in awe. I was like, "Wow," you know. But she would tell me stories, um, and, I, and she was, you know, she helped me so much. And and, uh, and, and um, during during that time when I was uh, on my way to licensure, and um, she would tell me stories that you know, uh, while she was in ministry, her family, her father turned his back on her, would not speak to her. Her, her sister wanted to get married and wanted her to mar- to do the the wedding. And her father said, no, it has to be a man. You have to let a man do it. I mean, it was, so it was really tough for her uh, coming up in ministry. And now she's, you know, she's been made a bishop and it's just like, you know, just amazing to see that. So I think uh, for me, it was that lack of rep- representation that right. that That really affected me, yeah.
0: I think it's interesting, just thinking on the aspect of representation. If we look at the congregations in most churches, I would say they're about sixty percent women,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like, yep, maybe mm-hmm. even yep. more yeah. in some in some mm-hmm. denominations. Yet, well, in the denomination that I was raised in, My mom is a pastor. She cannot be an ordained bishop in her denomination because she's a woman. She can get ordained, but she can't go to that next level, which you have to be an ordained bishop to hold an executive leadership position, whether it's statewide or national or international. And so that's that power component that you guys were talking about like they're they're holding they're afraid that if they let one in oh my god they're gonna take over no they're not but think about it your congregations want to see themselves represented on your stage and in your leadership when I was the music director I always made sure that my, because it was a multi-generational, multicultural church. So I wanted my stage to be a reflection of what was in the audience and it has Mm -hmm. to be the same way in leadership. And that's, that's just so important to me. And I, I know it has to be to other women too. Um, my next question is more about, you know, we were talking about high level leadership Does anybody, because I I know we touched on it a little bit earlier about the first Timothy passages and, you know, why women aren't (laughs) allowed to be considered for leadership if we're taking the Bible literally. Um, What are some biblical grounds for women being used in high level church leadership?
1: Women, uh, uh, you know, I guess we're pretty much the first evangelists, right? After Christ's resurrection. <laughs> you know, yeah. after, after, the, the suicide, the, as soon as I heard, saw that question, I immediately went mm-hmm. to Mary, right? She was the one who was like, yo, <laughs> Jesus is risen. You know, <laughs> the first one to proclaim this good news. And of course, there's others, right? Throughout the Bible, uh, uh, who spoke Priscilla and Phoebe, and you know, and, Deborah and a whole bunch of. um, Other women, but so so that so examples do exist in the biblical text. It's it's so so much is about about
3: perspective and 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 then so much is about uh, choosing a perspective. If that makes sense, there Mm -hmm. there are perspectives, Mm -hmm. and then there are choices. You know that that uh, men are making. Um, You know, they have these commitments to perspectives or ideas, Um, but just as clear as day, you know, the the woman at the well after meeting Jesus went to her city, you know, and and, but but there is a perspective of that that doesn't seem to equate to standing in the pulpit You know, or behind the podium, um, you know, there's a perspective that that is not it doesn't it's not matching for them. Either it's not matching or they just refuse to accept. You know, women in ministry, and it, it might be the reverse. It might be that, um, you know, that there's this refusal. And so the refusal is then uh, 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 supported with scripture that is chosen. Yeah. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, there's in the Bible, Paul said this and that. No, really, what it is is that you don't want to give up. You don't want to share. <laughs> you feel threatened, and you're using everything you can. I think one of the one of the biggest questions should be why? Why do we? Why do we want to follow leadership that is that's threatened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why come on? Ask the question. That, that is so, so, so threatened by my presence. That's the, why do you want to say. And,
2: and and should we make pastor male pastors go to therapy before they become pastors? Like, should that be a prereq in the process? (laughs) Just saying, just going to leave that there.
1: That's another uh, podcast (laughs) error.
3: I literally, I just, I was. My dad uh, asked me a question today that led me on. I'm gonna say this real quick. Uh, The the part of the verse where Paul says, uh, "For me uh, to live is Christ, and to die is gain." But he goes on to talk about choosing to either live or die, and I thought. This, he seems suicidal right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, you don't have That's a really good friends. point. Uh, the only way you can choose is if you take your life. It, but, you yeah. know, but, you know, that whole therapy thing. And I, I actually called some friends, was like, hey, did y'all notice this? Paul said, like, he might be depressed.
1: Listen, listen. Paul was a whole lot of things, oh <laughs> and, and,
3: and, but was not in denial about it, I don't think. Um, yeah. But,
1: right. Right. Yeah. But right. Within, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the night. But you're talking about Paul, um, you know, that said that that Paul, you know, that 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 it was written, you know, when he quoted Joel, right. Oh, Um, You know, in those last days, I will part my spirit in all flesh. And, you know, men and women were prophesied, mm-hmm. yeah, sons Jesus. and daughters, will pro- yeah. you know, so I was like, y'all forget all the details, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Do you forget all of those things yeah, that you quote, yes, you preach the answer from? Is yes,
3: yes, they mm-hmm. forget because it's yeah. beneficial. Yeah, it's yeah. beneficial to mm-hmm. them to forget. You know, mm-hmm. it's the the mm-hmm. again. So to me, all I keep thinking is there's so much wrapped up in their perspectives. The, there's a pres- perception that the pulpit is powerful.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. And it keeps the, anointing no, me, that the anointing is yes, sexy. Have y'all heard that one? The anointing is sexy. Yes, I've heard that. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, I've heard that. And, and it, it's attractive. And, you know. I'll and, I'll tell yeah. y'all some stories
0: yeah. after we yeah, get done know. recording because <laughs> they, they're not public yeah. consumption. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yes, like that's. It's true. Okay. So we were talking about context and with women's voices not being very present in the Bible, given that there's not a book written by a woman that we know of, due to social constructs of that time, how can we have more of a voice in the church and how it runs considering we can't rewrite the Bible? I mean, I guess we could, but it wouldn't be readily accepted unless it was a women's Bible written by women. I don't know. Either way, how can we have more of a voice in a church that doesn't really think we should be there?
3: Oh. Me. You know what? Hell. Yeah, sorry. That, I sorry that's oh, I almost got
2: the yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Yes. Next question because that that is something funny. <laughs> no, I, I ahead, thought that my me. answer yeah. was going to be too um, like Debbie Downer. And then when you said that, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm good. (laughs) I really really, I really think that I, I really, really think after like the amount of life and energy and blood, sweat and tears that I poured out in just my own small context, um, that women's voices cannot be heard until the whole structure and system is torn upside down right, and right, changed. Right, right, right. It can't because the Bible will support whatever the leadership wants it to support. Because there is enough resources. The Bible like, is effective. There's enough resources out there of other voices. There's a woman called Cynthia Long Westfall. I don't know if any of any of your listeners have heard of her. She, if that woman alone would be read, she has broken down every single problematic piece of scripture that set women like behind in men's eyes and i've and i've seen my pastor read that and i've seen my pastor support that and yet we still got to this place and it doesn't matter you know what i'm saying so my yeah. only answer like like sue said is to leave but also there's other platforms like i am so encouraged by Instagram and, you know, seeing women lead in those spaces and spaces like this, you know, um, where they do have a voice. I think it's extremely sad that it can't be in the church. I think it's extremely pathetic in 2022 that it cannot be in the church. I really do.
3: I, I, I actually don't want it to be, I'm, I'm not looking, yeah. but you know, but I think the other thing that makes leaving so exciting is just, you start your own.
2: yeah. It's easy.
3: Start your own community. I shouldn't say it's easy because I'm I'm working on it. But but it's that's Mm -hmm. that's the next choice. It's not the end all be all that I don't have a position in your church. Thank you. I mean for real, I felt that thing. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Listen, because I am the church. How about that?
3: Yes. And so So, so, you know, um, yeah, start your own community. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. It's not over. It's just, it's just the, actually leaving is the beginning. Yeah. It's the yeah. beginning. So mm-hmm. let's go. Okay.
1: May the Lord watch. And then and, and realizing, yeah, and leaving and realizing, like I just said, that, that we are the church. Amen. It's not That's the right. four walls, right. it's not the denomination. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The body. Yeah. We are the body. And so, you know, we can proclaim it Where, wherever. <laughs> we don't have to be. Right. I don't got to be in your, in your stinky pulpit. I don't, I don't <laughs> have to it, be there. In a, in a human, that <laughs> right? is uh, still
3: about perception or perspective to change yeah. your perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I stopped wanting it when once my perspective changed. And I, I kind of, you know, went back to the lowest common denominator or the, the purest definition of church. Yeah. I don't want yeah. this. This is not what this is not mm-hmm. what was meant, you know. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the leaving is the beginning. Congratulations. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I think that I have probably done more ministry in the online space than I ever did in right. the church. Yeah, hands down. Yep. Yeah and 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 i don't mean like ministry like i'm not going to be laying hands on anybody well i never did that in church anyways but um you know just talking to people and sharing right. my story and letting them share theirs and and there's so much healing in in just yeah. knowing that there's someone out there that has experienced the same right. thing that you have and that you know you, you kind of, you kind of bond over those kind of things. Like that's, there, there's a yeah. lot of power in yeah. just that. And there's a lot of healing in that. Um, so I have two more questions and one is real easy, but the last real question is what can we do to ensure that the generations of women that come behind us have a voice? If there is a church, since we've all decided that we're all leaving,
2: or
1: yeah,
0: so <laughs> you, you, I'm tanning down for-
1: from within. <laughs> hey, amen. There you go. Yes, but but I, I'm so grateful again for where I am, yeah. right? For for in, uh, the the ministry that I'm a mm-hmm. part of, and. um, that, you know, that, that I call my, my church family. Like, I'm so, I'm so grateful for the fellowship that I'm connected to because, um, you know, I am free to be my big black ball headed, (laughs) you know, red lipstick uh, wearing self tattooed, Mm -hmm. all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't um, my, um, my anointing is not diminished. Mm -hmm. Right. As a matter of fact, I'm more relatable and more powerful because of, because, because I am, living, uh, you know, in my full authenticity and, and to that question, that is one of the things, Mm -hmm. right. That, that, um, that helps Mm -hmm. to ensure that the women that come behind us have a voice. We live our fully authentic yeah. self, not fracturing anything, yeah. not leaving anything behind or outside the front door, which is, which is what many of us had to do in order to exist, right? Or to coexist mm-hmm. in these churches, right? The, but uh, truly living our full authentic selves because no matter where we are or who we are or how old we are, right? that We are yes. influences, mm-hmm. right? We influence others. P- other people look up to us, other women. Yeah. Look up to us. Youth look up to us. And so as long as we keep showing up and we keep being the example. Right. I think that, um, you know, there's hope for the generations mm-hmm. of women that are going to come behind us. I, I'm reminded of uh, one of my favorite stories to talk about with uh, um, the daughters of uh, Salofa had. And, of course, they weren't preachers, but they were bold and they were daring, right? And they were b- mm. rebellious. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly how we have to be. We have to step outside of the confines of the ch- the, the church, of the confines of the denomination, of the confines of the Amen. Text. That's
3: part two. Come on here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? We got to <laughs> step up out of that Absolutely. box. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And so that is how we ensure that those women that come behind us, um, you know, Amen. have a voice too. Yeah.
2: And you know, I
0: think Anybody about... Anybody anything?
2: Yeah. I think about my daughter. You know, I have a, four, I have a five-year-old daughter um, and she was one of the biggest um, reasons why I was like, I can't let her be raised in an environment like this. I can't let her mm. feel the way that I feel about myself. Um, and it's taking, it's going to take me a long time to continue to heal from this. You know, it's a long, long process of just the psychological and emotional damage that it does as a woman to constantly be told that you're less than and constantly be Mm -hmm. told that you can't do this and you can't do this, but you can do this little thing over here or whatever. Um, so, you know, Sue, like you're saying this fracturing yourself, I think, um, for me, my biggest thing is for her as being the next generation, like I want her to be able to be present in her body, to be able to be present in her own life so that if something doesn't feel right, she can say it. Mm. And she doesn't have to feel like she doesn't like she can't rock the boat or that people aren't going to like her anymore. If she says something that's controversial or that somebody doesn't like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that, small, fe- feel small, right? But that's a huge thing because I think in the church that, especially as females, with especially within purity culture, we were taught to disconnect from mm-hmm. our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. has caused mm-hmm. so much damage to ourselves and our psyches that I know like our generation is just unpacking like crazy right now mm-hmm. in the deconstruction space. And it's going to take a really long mm-hmm. time. So my hope is that the next generation of women can feel like very present in their bodies and speak up when something isn't right.
3: All right. I, I think it's important yeah. to just to create a, a safe space. I think it's time to, to, uh, I don't even want to say recreate. I think it's, a, it, you know, the, the, the fellowship that Sue is a part of it, you know, to start building and creating those places and spaces for, for young women. Um, and they might have to, they have to be created by us um so that they can know um what is possible i don't want to build a church um i i want to i want to gather people and so
2: um
3: there's a i think there's a difference and um i hope to one day um gather uh in a way that may look like a church but there's no membership <laughs> you know what i mean uh so so I have a niece, I have a nephew, and um, documenting my journey has been one of the ways I've decided I want to contribute to the next generation. So I think it's just being expressive, not being afraid, taking courage, being courageous, having conversations, um, and and letting young people know that this is a safe space.
1: Yeah, yeah. And being willing to... um, to be afraid sometimes Mm -hmm. and being willing to feel lonely sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Because this whole deconstruction thing, it is, it can get very lonely. It really can. And, um, you know, I think it helps in those times of loneliness. One, one to remember, uh, you know, that, that the divine is yet there with us. Right. And, and that, um, there's two phrases that I just love (laughs) says where God guides, God provides and where God leads, Mm -hmm. God feeds. Right. And so even if you find yourself, it might feel like a wilderness, right. You might feel alone. Right. But know that the divine is guiding you every step of the way and that you're going to get fed in the ways that you're going to be nourished. You're going to have sustenance, um, you know, Mm -hmm. for the journey. And so, um,
3: I, so, yeah. I want to just add to that. Yeah. The reason it's lonely is because everybody doesn't have the same courage.
2: Mm.
3: The reason
2: so that's real. That's lonely is because
3: your 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 level of courageousness is different from another's. That's why. So mm. you know, oftentimes mm. your food in the wilderness is your courage. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. your hydration um, in mm. the wilderness is your courage.
0: Drink them. Yeah. 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 That's good. Definitely. Uh, That's true. But yeah, <laughs> y'all are speaking to me today, and it is uh, helping me because I mean, I just released that episode yeah. last week, and that was the mm-hmm. hardest thing I've ever had to do in mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through some hard stuff, and actually being vulnerable to share Mm -hmm. my experience, knowing that it's going to be heard by many people and there's going to be people judging and there's going to be people who do not agree with me. And there's going to be people who are going to question if I'm telling the truth or anything like that. There's going to be those people. And knowing that as I release it, and then the loneliness, like what you're talking about. It's like, I feel like yeah. I'm just now coming out of my funk, mm-hmm. you know, seven, eight mm-hmm. days later. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's one of those, like, that is real. And so that's that's the whole reason why I want to have these conversations. I know I'm not the only one out there. And I know this because the messages oh, yeah. I got based yeah. off of that episode last week, that oh. tells me that we are speaking to people and we are helping them heal. And that is the mission that I am on right now. And so thank you guys so much for, you know, sharing your story, sharing your wisdom. How can our audience
3: find you to connect? Shandrika, I'll start with you because tell us about your book. Um, The name of my book again is Lord, I Don't Want to Die a Christian. My journal and journey to freedom. um, It is on Amazon uh, bars and Nobles, uh, Books of Millions. Um, I am Chandrika Deefi. That is P-H-E-A on, on uh, uh, where am I? IG, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, Instagram. I said that already. Um, and my website is, is <laughs> com. <Chandrikadifi.com. laughs> Hit me up. Send me a request. Send me a question. Holla at your girl. awesome uh
0: sue uh how can we find you
1: Hmm? um well i'm across all of social media at sue a webley so i'm really easy to find whether i uh whether you're on facebook instagram tiktok (laughs) um twitter i might the same uh the same handle on all of those places um also i i I do want to if i can I want to big up my book, so I want to put that out there. Absolutely. <laughs> it's an older it. one. It's the one. But if we do have any any uh folks who are watching who are um who identifies LGBTQ and are of color, um, I do have a book, uh, an anthology named At the Table: Words of Faith, Affirmation and Inspiration for LGBTQ uh, believers of color. And it was a, uh, created to bring messages of hope love acceptance reconciliation and restoration to those rejected for walking in their mm-hmm. authenticity mm-hmm. and so you can find that uh on uh, amazon it's on kindle you get it on kindle for cheap now it's, it's 4.99 but i am working on other installments of that so yeah and i, I hope that awesome. you will check it out i hope that i, I get some uh, some firm requests I, I i would love to to kind of engage uh yes. with some of your listeners Awesome Heather tell us yes. about your podcast.
2: Yes, I, I started the Just Girl Pastor podcast about a year ago and I'm also on Instagram at Just Girl Pastor so you can find me there and I'd love to yeah I'd love to get some friend requests too and engage that sounds great. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Touchy Subjects podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects or join our Facebook group, the Touchy Subjects community. We also have a Buy Me a Coffee page if you would like to consider contributing to our show. If you love the show, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that we can continue to bring you episodes that you love. Thanks for listening and see you next time.